Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about using artificial intelligence to improve the customer experience. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Dion Nicholas, co-founder and CEO of Forethought, and who previously built products and infrastructure at companies like Facebook, Palantir, and Dropbox. Dion, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to talking about this subject with you. Um, So why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself, as well as what led you to be a founder of Forethought? Absolutely. So I'm Dion, CEO and co-founder of Forethought. Prior to starting Forethought, I was an engineer, as you mentioned. Um, I built products and infrastructure at a few different companies. And interestingly, I've I've always been fascinated with technology and code since since a young age. My my first ever job in high school was in customer service. I um, was stocking shelves, answering customer calls, answering customer questions. Um, and I always had this acute understanding that I don't always know all the answers and my customers don't always have all the information they need to uh, make purchase decisions or, or make the right calls. And so it always dawned on me that technology, um, particularly AI, could be useful in helping people get information and get their most important questions answered. So it's uh, no surprise that many, many years later, when I started down this entrepreneurial journey, um, I started Forethought. The AI company, we are focused on bringing human-centered AI to the customer service experience. Wonderful. Well, yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about that. And so talking about how artificial intelligence or AI can help improve the customer experience. So first, uh, as, as background, can you start by highlighting some of the challenges that some either non-AI or traditional approaches to, to customer experience programs might have? Absolutely. So the first main challenge is that a lot of businesses have seen customer experience, customer service as a cost center. And one of the things uh, that we've seen over the last decade or so is that with the shift to cloud, with the shift to subscription-based businesses, your customer retention is actually one of the most important leading indicators of how well your brand is doing. And so shifting the mindset from, hey, the customer experience is a cost center to the customer experience is actually the core of our business has been one of the interesting paradigm shifts that we've seen. And with that, you start to think about less about, for example, um, deflecting your customers, trying to reduce costs, trying to you know reduce agent time, and more about how do you focus on giving the customer the best quality experience. And that means getting their answer correctly. Speed is important and efficiency is important to answer, um, but also being personable and empathetic to their problems. Yeah. So thinking about AI then, what are some ways that an AI-based solution can help fill some of these gaps? So the first way, of course, is by solving customer problems. And this is actually probably the most well-known area of AI and artificial intelligence in customer support. 
And it's the first thing people think of, which is, can you put a, an agent or a bot on your website in order to help solve the customer problems? And I think this is actually the right way to think about it. Um, but a lot of people get it wrong in that they, they've leveraged pretty traditional chatbots, which though they have, you know, they, they claim AI or artificial intelligence, a lot of these bots are decision tree based, manual, rules based. And they're really just enabling you to hard code conversations into a platform as opposed to using true AI. But we can get to that, uh, talk talk more about that later. Other ways AI is really helpful is in enabling the issue to get to a human, surprisingly, um, more efficiently. All right. Good human-centered AI can actually figure out when when an issue should not be automated, but rather should be accelerated to get to a human. These can be things like trust and safety issues, things that require human judgment, for example. Um, So you don't really want a bot handling those, but you can actually use AI to figure out who's the best agent, the best channel at the best time to route this to. Yeah. So you use the term human-centered AI, and that's I, I know that's something that Forethought uses as well. Can you explain and elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by that? Yeah, we've been very deliberate about using artificial intelligence in a way that is by people and for people. A lot of people, when they think about artificial intelligence, kind of think about the, the doom and gloom, right? They think about, well, AI is going to automate all the jobs away. AI doesn't really understand us. It's you know pretty cold. It's mathematical. We've thought about how can we use AI to actually accelerate the, the human experience, the customer experience in a way that brings more empathy. So for example, can you use artificial intelligence that actually understands human language and human nuance? So things like sentiment, is this person angry, happy? Things like knowing their intonation, like, hey, there's an exclamation mark here that probably means it's more urgent than not. And understanding all of the different ways that a person can actually ask a question. So for example, with traditional chatbots, a lot of times you have to hard code keywords. Like if I see word refund, go and issue a refund. But most people don't say the specific magic word, you might interact with a system and say, hey, my order wasn't delivered. Ah, this sucks. I want my money back. At no point was the keyword refund said there, but that means the same thing. And so true human-centered AI is actually about accelerating understanding and is about accelerating empathy for the human problems rather than funneling people down these rote uh, decision trees. Yeah, yeah. And I think another thing that you're touching on here is learning, right? So, you know, as opposed to a, a chat bot that's kind of, uh, I mean, the equivalent of like a phone tree, yep. let's say, where, you know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily get better over time. It's, you know, you can change the options. But, you know, what it, what role does machine learning play in, in all of this? I think machine learning, despite, you know, in, in many ways being uh, possibly overused as a buzzword, mm-hmm. I, I think as a technology, fundamentally, it's going to be really, really impactful. And we're already starting to see that here at Forethought, as well as uh, in the broader community. When you use AI or use a technology to suggest an answer, right? So for example, we can put an agent on the website, respond to the customer, or we can suggest an answer to the actual human agent to help them move faster. All of these are suggestions right? And at the end of the day, the human has to make a choice. So the customer can say, yep, this answered my question. Thank you. Thumbs up. 
or uh, they can say, no, this didn't answer my question. I'd love to talk to an actual human, or I want to ask another question. Similarly, on the agent side, if you're providing answers or suggestions for the agent, they can choose whether to use your result or, you know, freeform their own answer. All of these are actually signals back to the AI on the actual quality of their answer. If you suggest an answer and it, and it goes unused, well, that's the equivalent of, say, a, a search engine or Google bringing up search results and the person having to go to the second or third page to find their result, right? This becomes signal to the machine. And there's a lot of modern technologies, online learning, reinforcement learning that are kind of up and coming in the research community, but not necessarily super popular or hip yet, but they're all based on using real-time feedback to make the system better. And it's stuff like this that I'm really, really excited about when I think about true AI having an impact on everyone's customer experience. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you talked about the the feedback loop to the to the machine learning and and that part of it. How do the humans know that it's working, uh, if it's working as well as it could be, you know, what about the transparency of that process as as the machine is learning? Obviously, it's got to get up to speed, but you know, how do the humans know that it's doing what it needs to do and 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 getting to the right place? Absolutely, and that's where analytics and insights come into into play. Right. So a lot of times machine learning systems can be a black box. And that's in large part due to the fact that modern machine learning systems leverage neural networks, deep neural networks. These are algorithms that are trained similar to to kind of how a human brain has, you know, millions and millions, if not billions of neurons. These little algorithms, neural networks are trained to pick up on signals from data and then output results. The problem is that most people, most humans, can't really peer inside of a neural network, so to speak, to understand what it's learning, what it's picking up. So the best that you can do is understand the results, the distributions, right? So how often are we predicting certain fields, right? So how if we launched a spam model or an AI that can detect, hey, this is spam or this is not, how often are we predicting spam and how often are we wrong about that? Where the agent goes in later and says, hey, no, just kidding, this was not spam. So there's a lot of ways by looking at the outputs, you can kind of see how the AI is doing, but also gain insights into where your own support or customer experience could be experiencing issues. For example, if you're seeing a big spike in issues related to this one new product you just launched, The AI is picking that up, and that could either be an anomaly, that could be an issue with the AI, or that could be a sign that there may be bugs in that new product you launched. And so having the ability to have analytics kind of rear-facing, the ability to to see anomalies, to see trends over time, both in your AI system, but also in your customer experience as a whole, is a good way to actually, quote-unquote, audit the system, but also learn insights about what's going on in your customer experience. So how about realism with implementation of something like this. So, you know, even though it's a machine and it technically doesn't sleep, it still takes data. And and I would imagine, you know, a considerable amount of of data to to learn and learn well and and things like that. So, you know, how how do you coach teams that are implementing this to whether it's be patient or, you know, what's what's the process where implementation occurs? And, and, you know, how, how do you how would you guide a a new customer, for instance, on what to expect in the early days of, of implementation. Absolutely. So the first thing, as you mentioned, Greg, is that 
data is a necessary asset for any machine learning system. And so a lot of times, for example, at Forethought, we will, we will work with companies who have already achieved some amount of scale. They're seeing you know, hundreds, potentially even thousands of tickets per week. But that's really all you need. Once you have a, a scale, ironically, once you have the scale where having AI or, or uh, thinking about efficiency or, or scaling is an issue, you probably have enough data to build out or deploy a, a human-centered or an AI system. There are a few considerations and problems that can, can arise. One is that data is always, always messy, right? So maybe your agents haven't been labeling things um, as high priority, low priority, haven't been filling out those custom fields in Zendesk or what have you. And so sometimes you're actually missing a lot of the data. Another example can be content. For conversational AI systems like modern day chatbots or search-based systems like suggestions for agents, things where the AI has to produce an answer in, in kind of human language, oftentimes that can leverage your content. So your knowledge articles, internal knowledge bases and things like that. And those can also be messy. So it's interesting and there's kind of this paradox because until you set up an AI system or you put in a system that's supposed to leverage the data, Oftentimes, businesses are collecting the data, but they don't know that it's messy or that it's actually not being labeled correctly. And I call this a paradox because despite that, many people's natural inclination is to uh, wait. Well, okay, our data is messy. We know that. Let's wait until we have an entire content team or let's wait until we have an entire data auditing or quality team before we can launch some kind of AI into the system. I would actually caution against that. Oftentimes you can start very, very small. So think about piloting a single use case of AI. At Forethought, one of our products is called Triage and all it does, even though it's extremely powerful, at its core, it, it does classification. It can say, hey, is this ticket English or French? Is this ticket high priority or low priority? Is this ticket spam or important, right? And, and so you can often start with a small model that or a small use case that is based on some of your data and get hyper-focused on making sure that tiny portion is clean. And then once you have a system in place, you're going to find, again, like we talked about, areas where the model isn't working or where it's it has an unusually low accuracy. These things, uh, along with the analytics, are going to show you where there are gaps in your data and show you where you should be tackling next. And then over time, you can actually build up a more robust system using AI as well as your own data. And that actually makes a much, much better customer experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that that description. I mean, you know, you're on the, the Agile brand uh, podcast here. So I'm <laughs> definitely a proponent of Agile and, and iterative and continuous improvement and, and all those things. And I mean, I've seen so many cases where a POC or pilot project or, or something like that just goes goes so much further. So that's that's great. I mean, do you do you feel like a lot of the a lot of the customers that you're talking with are open to that approach, or are they still a little thinking a little bit like, oh, we gotta we gotta plan this big this big rollout or things like what's what's the receptivity, I guess, to that that concept? There are varying levels of what I would call AI readiness, yeah. um, and also for better or for worse, there are also varying levels of skepticism in in the market particularly people who may have at one point been visionaries, have been early adopters of the last wave of technologies, things like chatbots, 
and they didn't see the the gain in their customer experience, right? How many times have we all just been interacting with a with a dumb chat bot? We know it's a bot, it's masquerading as a human, but you ask a very simple question and it has no idea what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> right? And you're Not like, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and literally, exactly. You're like, all right, agent, agent. I just want to talk to a human. Right. So um, what we've seen in the market is differing levels of one, sophistication, but two, experience with kind of the last generation of bots. And and so you kind of have to tread lightly, right? Because there is a trust exercise here with AI, um, especially modern human-centered AI, which I would say is actually true AI compared to, you know, the chatbots of old, which were really no-code interfaces, right, to enable you to take your phone tree that you would have done in, in, in your phone and put it in a digital experience, right? That's not That's not AI, but people have been burned. And so the receptivity to pilots is actually overall high because, you know, you also want to build the case for your CFO or your COO on, hey, this thing is going to work this time, um, yeah. as opposed to, you know, when we tried the, the chatbots, which were a little bit more artificial and a little less intelligent. But then there are definitely some people who are like, okay, wait, like I am going to try to revamp my content and my, my database and all of that before I launch AI. And for that, it's, it's definitely a harder sell. But I think going the, you know, the agile, as you mentioned, the agile approach often, often shows really strong results if you can. Great. Well, um, one, one last question here, you know, as, as you're looking out on the horizon here, you know, what's, what's first and foremost uh, with forethought and and where you see AI and and CX headed over the over the coming months and and years, one thing that most folks uh, who aren't actively in this space don't realize is that in and around I would say 2017, 2018, um, the past maybe four or five years, there has been an inflection point and quite an explosion in what is possible in AI particularly natural language understanding. So I remember in, in, I think it was 2016, 2017, Stanford, uh, a lab at Stanford launched their question and answer data set. It was called Stanford Question and Answer Data Set Squad. Um, and that was the, the, and they basically launched this competition for which researchers could build AI that can actually understand the question and then pr- produce an answer to it, as simple as that sounds. But prior, prior to that, there wasn't such a large data set or question answering as an NLP task or a natural language processing task. And after that, though, we saw tons of researchers. We also produced some research ourselves. And within that, within about a year, AI technology that I can literally do something as simple as ask a question got 10 times better. Subsequently, Google launched BERT, um, which is an AI model that can achieve pretty much human level accuracy on a lot of natural language understanding tasks. Again, like question answering or information retrieval, search, text summarization. And and my point is that there is this renaissance, um, GPT-3 now, which came out from OpenAI, um, which is literally text that can write Shakespeare if you you (laughs) let it, right? And so in the past four to five years, there's been this crazy explosion of NLP and NLU. And customer service, customer experience is probably the first place in business where we're going to see this have huge, huge ROI across the stack, right? So being able to summarize tickets, being able to route them to the right agents, being able to help new agents ramp up more quickly, being able to solve problems, being able to discover insights, 
all of these things are going to become more and more powerful. Obviously, as a, as a business owner myself and as an entrepreneur, we are trying to be on the forefront of that wave. But I think just in general, so many powerful things are coming out of this. Um, I'll say one last thing here. It's a little bit like computer vision was about 10 years ago. It started with little data sets on, on using AI to read pictures, to be able to identify, is this a cat? Is this a dog? Is this handwriting a, the number two or the letter L? And fast forward 10 years later, you now have self-driving cars, which is right. <laughs> probably going to be like a billion plus trillion dollar industry. It's hard for me to do the order of magnitude in my head, but right. And, and I think that's what's happening in natural language understanding in the customer experience, but about a decade later. And I'm super excited about it. And I think, you know, the world is going to be better off for it. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. Well, Dion, thanks so much for joining the show. This is great to talk with you. Um, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with you and what you're doing? Yeah, so you can follow us at, uh, at www.forthought.ai. Feel free to sign up. We are actually launching our first ever user conference on September 8th, Forward, the Future of CX. So shameless plug, <laughs> sign up for that. It is free. It will be online, but you have the opportunity to potentially join us in person. Um, so that is where you're going to see a ton of new things, new product insights, learn from experts and so on. You can follow me on Twitter at Doji Dion, D-O-J-I-D-E-O-N, um, or, you know, connect on LinkedIn or all the socials. So very excited and always happy to chat. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Dion Nicholas, co-founder and CEO of Forethought for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkilstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.